Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, broadcasting live from Helix Esports Gaming Center at Patriot Place, here's Gresh, Keith, and Wiggy on WEEI. We will walk you through all of the Week 11 games coming up. We're at Helix Esports at Patriot Place right beside Gillette Stadium. The bar is filling in. I only see one or two uh, jet pullovers, which is uh, very good. Lots of folks are enjoying the uh, games here. And, of course, we're into our final hour before the 1 o'clock kickoff. By the way, Fitzy and Hart, Fartsy, have got you uh, after the game for the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI. And, of course, it is uh, a gale warning here at Gillette Stadium, so the winds are going to be high. Uh, saw Mac Jones. They showed him warming up a little bit, not only on the pregame, but also seeing some of the photos on Twitter. And that gets us back to the Patriots offense as to – we can really do this a couple different ways. What needs to go or what do they need to do more of? And I know we touched on this when we mentioned Devontae Parker, but we really didn't break it down. It's a windy day. You've been inconsistent offensively. Apparently it's a Matt Patricia thing where Devontae Parker's out there. You got one-on-one. Yeah. Let's throw the ball down the field. So, boys, Devontae is back in. Does that need to continue trying to force it down the field to Parker knowing that it's a 50-50 ball, but the 50 end is pretty high risk. He says 80-20. Remember yeah. during camp, he yeah, referred to it as 80-20, but no, it, it is and not. And we now know better. It is not that. I, I think you do because you get rid of it or you keep it? No, I keep it. Really? Oh, yeah. I send it to the moon. Well, get rid of this well, thing. Well, well I want to hear this from why. Jermaine. Yeah, this is interesting. You ha- your offense is struggling anyways, right. so why throw anything out? You might as well just keep throwing dots at the board until you eventually hit, right? And if you don't hit, at least you have something. The problem is you don't do anything well, so you can't throw nothing out. But you're also the team that your defense is so much better than the offense that if you put your defense in bad spots, that's the worst thing you can do. And well, the interceptions are awful. You're yeah. better off punting it and giving right. them but the ball You're not the taking 20. care of your quarterback no. but, by but, continuing well, not, this well, that. philosophy. But, but here's the thing about those plays of Devontae Parker. The, the risk versus reward rate on the goal ball is much greater reward than it is risk because those balls don't those balls for the most part don't get picked off as much as balls where you're throwing inside because usually it is becomes a 50 50 and it's a one-on-one ball you don't have to look for guys you don't have other, you know a bunch of help you're not throwing yeah. that ball if there's a safety over the top see i feel like if it's josh allen throwing a steph Diggs, maybe you're right but if it's mac jones throwing a devontae no, Parker, no, but, i disagree but if, if, you, if it's mac jones throwing Devontae, it's one-on-one yeah. and now it becomes a rebound in sense uh, of the sense of either your guy's going to catch it or 
you know, he should be able to make sure the other guy doesn't catch it, which he's kind of done a good job. But when you think of how many 50-50 ball interceptions have we seen? Just really the one From against Max, Miami. I think it's three. Early on, yeah. yeah I thought what, it was, what's, what's the other well, one? Well, it was early in the year. The Miami I think one. There was, there was Miami one, but there, was, there wasn't one against Pittsburgh, I don't think. No. But Didn't I think he throw one against that. Chicago that got him benched? I, wasn't that kind no, of no, that, or that wasn't as deep? That wasn't a 50-50 ball. That was when he rolled out and he yeah, just tried to throw Yeah, that was more the over the middle. That was a bad decision. But I think from a, and, and it's something that we have talked about from a philosophical standpoint. Is it something that this team can really afford to do? You know, I mean, because I think, look, if you're the Bills and you mentioned if it's Josh Allen to Steph Diggs, it's one thing. But there are also teams who are willing to live with the interception in that instance because either they play good defense or they know that offensively well, there's also- they can kind of make up for it. Whereas I don't know if this offense is to a point to where unless you know you're either going to overthrow it or Parker's going to make that catch one-on-one and you're going to lead him to do it, throwing it up for a jump ball where you're trying to high point it against somebody, I don't know if I want to try that against Sauce well, Gardner. Well, not against him, though, right? But it, it, but I'm just saying if you're looking at it, because the, I say the reward is greater because, A, usually two things happen. Your guy will make the play or there potentially could be a pass interference. There is now, that. Now, the interceptions, I'm not saying that doesn't that doesn't happen, but it's less likely. How many interceptions do you see from corners making them on a 50-50 jump ball? You don't see as many. Who's the other digs last year who won a bunch of those? I know some went his way, but they, the, the digs but who Trayvon played Diggs? in. There you go, in oh, Dallas. Oh, yeah, a million yeah. picks. Yeah. But, right. uh, I mean, so, he giveth and taketh away. Well, so guy. I guess the question then becomes, Wiggs, is that is – are you comfortable if there is an interception on that, but philosophically you're in the right? So it's the whole, well, it's the right move. you got to take that shot down the field. And if a guy makes a great play, then does it turn into, well, the quarterback sucks? Or is it the philosophy that sucks? You, uh, uh, how I else? think it might also be the players. Right. But that's part of it makes like, the concept stink. Like, so it, the same play, again, we, that we saw 15 years ago, Tom Brady to Randy Moss, you'd run that every time. Every right. single time right. you'd want to run that. Because he's no a reason planet not player. To, and he's probably open because he's running past those guys, too, whereas, whereas all these ones that uh, Mac Jones has thrown, are jump they, balls. they've all been covered. They're, They're jump balls. The guys yeah, yeah, covered. Yeah. They're just jump yeah. balls. So I also think there's a big difference between is it first and 10 and you think, hey, we can catch him off guard, or is it third and 15 and you know you end up throwing it 50 yards down the field I, and you're like whatever like that was it would have, would have it's been the, the equivalent punt. of a punt but, anyway, but first right. or second down you're saying well what are we doing why not just hand it to Ramondre Stevenson why not dare I say try to get the tight ends involved a little bit more <laughs> that might be you're, well, you're no, paying that, a lot that, of money that, for that those guys that should be part you're, of it though yeah right that should be part of it but it, it, it's when you look at the balls that he's throwing to Devontae Parker he's either throwing him a slant route or, or a go route mm-hmm. see I think people have to understand what the route is when you <laughs> When you realize it is a goal route, it is a goal route that turns into a, a 50-50 ball, which becomes a ball that you're throwing outside the numbers on the sideline where either your guy's going to catch it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a pass interference, and the likelihood of it being intercepted is a lot lower, right? Because Bailey Zappi had a few of those, too, in his two games, and they, right. got, a, they got a pass interference penalty. Right. They got one where it was like thrown like right at the sideline. Right. You, you, so. you saw Mac Jones throw one um, in the first half against Chicago where he overthrows Tyquan Thornton. That's what that ball is. See, I think people don't understand. They think – 
when you understand what the go route concept is, it's one of those balls where you where you catch it, the quarterback catches it. You know, it's in shotgun one, two, three balls out, and it's if we hit, it's a big play. If we miss, more you know, for for the most part, it's either incomplete. Because you know you're not throwing it over the top. You know you're not throwing in the double coverage for the most part because you can read the coverage. You know you're not having to go through progressions. And you know you don't have guys underneath it that are playing zone coverage that could have fooled you. It's very simple to read. Now, it, the reason why I say don't scrap it, because your offense doesn't have big play capability. When do you get explosive plays from your offense? Uh, Stevenson, making a guy miss and going. Right, and that's usually it. that's an explosive play in the run game, and an explosive play in the run game in the NFL is considered 12 yards No, it's more. true, but, I mean, that's basically how you beat the Jets, right? They, they weren't moving the ball at all. They, they got the one break on the dumb pass interference penalty by the Jets, and then they also, to start the second half, Stevenson put him in good field right. position. Mm-hmm. So that was, you, that was the, kind of the formula. Right, so you got to look at, like, all right, we might need some explosive plays that can flip the field for us, put us in a good position and I don't necessarily have to when I say don't scrape it don't always have to be the Devontae Parker I see right him, right right I seen him throw goal routes couldn't too. Tyquan Thornton isn't that what I see Tyquan Thornton should be I seen uh Jacoby Myers make a couple of those catches on can Hunter Henry get a matchup on the outside where you're taking advantage of his big yep. body as well yeah, yeah that's maybe. a, a line I know that would require motion and thought well, no really you just, it wouldn't even require motion you just line them up out there if the corner stays out there then you know it's probably zone but but if they move a linebacker out there, you know, it's, man, that's what – when we used to run – when you see teams putting the tight ends out wide, that's an indicator for the quarterback on whether or not it's man or zone. Oh, right. Sure. That's why we did that, right? If I lined up all the way outside the numbers and the corner stayed out there, then that meant we had a mismatch inside because now we had a line a, a receiver working against a linebacker or a safety. If they want to move a, a linebacker out there, advantage me and the tight ends because guess what we work on every day? We work on slant routes. We work on go routes. We work on hitch routes as tight ends. Guess what linebackers don't do? They don't go out and work on covering outside the numbers. So it's an advantage for you as a tight end to line up outside and throw a goal route. They or a used to route. get those with running backs all the time. Same with running and backs. I don't, and, and I don't even know if they've done that once this year. But you got to have a guy that has that skill set who can line up outside a running back and run a slant route, run a little five-yard under route, run a goal route because, you know, it's much difficult to catch a slant route from outside the numbers coming back to than it is to catch like an option route for a running back. Right. So maybe they don't have that guy. Boy, it feels like you'd try to get a matchup and even the tight ends. But if they're grief. not good at that, like right, you might just because a guy can catch an option route and looks like, oh, this guy got good hands on a swing pass and an option route, you line him up out wide and you tell him to run a slant route. It's a completely oh, different. It's yeah. a completely different catch. If Gronkowski could do it, I would like to think that others. Could. No, 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 no. no I know. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that's what, you used to see him do a lot of it with James White. Yeah, where they line him out wide. And he run, was the chess piece, and they run slants with him. They did some. That's probably of it, why they brought in Ty Montgomery. They but did. Then that's they did the some of it with Rex Burkhead. Yep. But you don't always see them doing that with running backs because some of them just feel uncomfortable out there. They can catch anything <laughs> all day long inside, but when you go outside, it's just different. And the play caller might be uncomfortable with it uh, as well. We've talked about the offensive line. It'll be interesting to see sort of left to right how they're going to uh, mash everything up here, although Tommy Curran did mention that 
Uh, Isaiah Wynn was at left tackle for the media portion. Yeah, uh, so hopefully that doesn't mean that it's uh, right, right, right. an across-the-board deal. We did talk about the motions and the shifts. Uh, how do you get Mac Jones ready to go here for a second half of the season? And uh, I know that, uh, of course, they wait until noon, but NFL Network had something from uh, Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport, on Mac went back and was focusing on the timing of his drops, meaning when the back foot hit, where were the receivers, what was I looking at, and he was trying to work on timing of his drop back. Well, Dan Orlovsky had that great breakdown we've all sort of talked about over the last few days about the dropbacks aren't lining up with the routes. And so you're like, is that coaching? Is it Mac Jones? Is it somehow all of the receivers? Like, that's the one thing. Like, I can't imagine it's all of the receivers getting it wrong. You can see one guy having a miscommunication. Right. right. But the four or five guys out in a route just kind of running the wrong. He said there was a ton of timing issues. Well, there was a the mess. Board. Like, it would be like a three-step uh, step drop, and they're running like 15-yard patterns or whatever, and it just didn't seem to line up. So if they're working on that, great. I, I can't imagine it is all completely but you, cleared up. But it should be based off of and that's why when you bring that up right well usually a guy usually a receiver cuts his route off early right so usually that's because they, they, they have this clock in their and mind they're like i gotta look for the ball i gotta yeah. look for the ball yeah, I, you yeah. know i got a 10 yard out route it's like oh but i gotta look for the ball and now I, i'm looking at i'm breaking my route off at eight yards which then might lead me a little bit more yeah. into coverage this was like the opposite Right, so it, <laughs> these guys are just running, <laughs> running, running. So like you got to turn around. Somebody. So, so now if it's the opposite, then that tells me maybe the quarterback is too premature in his drop. And why would you be if your offensive line's terrible? You're thinking I got to get rid of the I ball. I got to get quick. rid of the football. But if the play call is telling these guys to run, they're expecting to. I don't even make my cut until eight yards or whatever. And Fifteen Max, yards. And Max trying to get the ball right. out quick because he knows he's going to get killed. It all goes back to getting the ball out quick. Yeah. And again, like we, you know, now it's become a demerit for Mac when. When Brady was here, the ball was out quick all the time, all the time, in rhythm, in – like the offense just clicked. It's the concept it, of the offense. But yes. it's too many – yeah, Matt Patricia's running too many plays downfield, and it's not just it's not just the Parker 50-50 ball. It's, like, it's everything. Right. It's everything. They're, they're trying right. to – like, oh, oh, we're passing it now? That means we must – everybody's going to go on the other side of the first down marker. Well, like, that's not and, the case. And there's the whole, you know, there's always the, there's always the discussion of well-built offensive plays – always have someone at different levels of the defense. There might be one guy deep, but you might have two guys that are in the intermediate, mm. one guy short to be able to do something with, and I think that all uh, factors in as well. Hey, this quickly from Andrew Callahan inside the stadium. Nick Folk missed from 53 and from 48 yards away, kicking to the open construction end of the stadium. So the old lighthouse side, they're, they're missing kicks going that way. And I guess Folk might be doing kickoffs because apparently he hit one so bad it cranked a Jet staffer right in the face. Mm. <laughs> forgot about that. We were talking about so Jake Bailey's on IR. So there's your punter. He's also your holder, and he's your kickoff and guy. Your kickoff I forgot guy. about the kickoff guy part of it. So again, there's uh, that. Well, and again, piece these are these well. are all kind of you would think kind of minor things like oh whatever like they'll be able to figure it out. But in a game where we expect it to be low scoring, it's the lowest over under on the board today at 38. Yep. Field position's massive, so if you have a new guy, whether it's Nick Folk or Pilardi, the other punter, doing kickoffs, 
They're not used to doing kickoffs. They shank one of them out of bounds. You know, you get the ball at the 40, and that could be It might be the game. Yeah. That's exactly right. We're coming to you from the Best Yet Brand studio. We are at Helix Esports at Patriot Place right beside Gillette Stadium. Folks are uh, we're hanging out here with us for a while, still kind of hanging out, and then we'll uh, leak out into the stadium. We've got Week 11 games to preview next, but first, here's Ethan at Command Central ready to trend. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com for your free trial. Week 11 of the NFL continues to roll on at 1 p.m. with your Patriots hosting the Jets here in Foxborough. Notable players that will be playing that were listed as questionable, Josh Uche, Devontae Parker, and Afrini Jennings all set to go. Meanwhile, obviously, Krishman Barmore and Jake Bailey out as they are now on the IR. And be sure to turn in, tune into the Six Rings post-game show with Fitzy and Hart right after the game, right here on WEEI. In college football, the Boston College Eagles were taken down 44-0 against Notre Dame in what became quite the Snow Bowl. And while, meanwhile, the UMass Minutemen fell to Texas A&M 20-3. And a big congratulations to the Holy Cross Crusaders, who finished their season 11-0, their first undefeated season in 31 years after beating Georgetown 47-10, becoming Patriot League champions in getting themselves an automatic spot in the FCS playoffs. Celtics are off this weekend as they prepare to face the Bulls tomorrow night in Chicago. They currently sit at 13-3 and on the season and your Bruins now sitting at 16-2 and coming away with another victory 6-1 to yesterday over the Chicago Blackhawks. They play again tomorrow night in Tampa Bay against the Lightning. I'm Nathan Rissadulu and that's trending here at WEI and WEI.com. We'll take a look at the rest of Week 11 in the NFL next. This is WEI Football Sunday. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Picks coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll uh, give you our thoughts on the uh, Patriots and the Jets, obviously. The Browns, uh, or excuse me, the Browns, I guess, I almost said hosting Buffalo, but no, it's Buffalo hosting Cleveland in Detroit. It's like a bowl game. New it kind of is, you're yeah. right. With the, except they'd love to get – what do they – they normally have the MAC championship game, and then they have uh, – The Motor City Bowl? The Motor City Motor Bowl. City there bowl. you go. Yeah. Yep, always it, a classic. And it's always one of the uh, – I think it's like – the next to last bowl game before the national championship. Like, it's like way uh, okay. out. It's like January yeah. 5th or something. But, uh, well, let's get to some uh, teams that might not even qualify for bowls. Uh, as we go through week 11 in the NFL, uh, and let's start with the Browns and the Bills that are going to play in Detroit. We talked about how uh, some strain on the Bills players, just in terms of getting out there, but in terms of the matchup, uh, Jordan Poyer is up, but I know Tremaine Edmonds is out. they got a defensive tackle that's out. Tredavious White hasn't been activated yet. 
Bills have now lost two in a row. Right. Uh, and they're playing a team in the Browns who at three and six, if they're going to give Deshaun Watson a chance to kind of pull the nose up on their season here around the corner, they got to find a way to win some games. But against Buffalo, that's a tough one. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I think we're, all eyes are going to be on Josh Allen and just how he looks, right? Because last week there was so much up in the air about, oh, is this, how's his elbow? How's his elbow? And he made some bad decisions. It seemed like it was more mental than physical. But how does he feel this week? How does he follow that up? And you're right, two-game losing streak, you're saying, all right, they were in line for the number one overall seed in the first round by. They're now currently third in the division. So how so much has changed over two weeks. So, yeah, this one's really all about the Bills and, and how they look. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you on that one, Rich, because, I, I mean, I know that there's still, like, a, a small chance with Cleveland, like, just because of where the, you know, five, yeah, six, seven today. seeds would be. Yeah, 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 yeah. they have to win. Uh, but if you're Buffalo, it's more about – it's more about you trying to keep as much pace as you can with the number one overall seed, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And obviously, uh, not only that, but just winning the division. Right. Well, is- now they got a bigger problem, right? Because it, it was number one seed. Now it's, oh, you got to find a way to get your division lead back now. They've already lost to the Jets. They've already lost to Miami. Right. And so, so yeah, now you're gonna is, have to right. you're gonna have to win all your other games and then beat them again to kind of yep. you know put you back in the conversation of being tops of the division and a conversation of potentially the number one seed. And very important, getting those AFC wins. So in a way, it's like a game and a half in terms of getting a win today for the Bills against the Browns in Baltimore. The Ravens, who are all kinds of dinged up are going to take on the 3-7 and seven Panthers. So perfect timing because you got Mark Andrews who's hurt. No Gus Edwards today. Lamar Jackson is going to play. And let's put it this way. Are the Panthers great? Hell no. Not even close. We get that. But under Steve Wilkes, they've at least played people tough wigs. Yeah, but I think this is more about for the Baltimore Ravens. Whatever. I think they get Mark Andrews back, right? Yep. yep. So you got to look at and you got to say, okay, where are we? Are Where are we? in the sense of that division, right? It's really them and Cincinnati when you look at the uh, AFC North mm-hmm. and how they have to continue to keep pace. And, and, and So I think if you're Baltimore, it's about winning your division and it's about knowing that these are the games that you have to win. Right. Even if you are shorthanded, like you have to beat the Carolina Panthers. Oh, it's 100% you have to win, and I don't think it matters style points or anything like that. No. They just need to get this win, and – What's interesting is because of Buffalo's recent skid, let's say Buffalo beats Cleveland, we just talked about. That gets them to 7-3. and three. Tennessee's 7-3 and three after their win on Thursday Night Football. Baltimore, where the win would also be 7-3. and three. Right. Oh, Miami's yeah. in their bye week at 7-3. and three. If the Jets win today, They're they would seven also be 7-3. Three. Three. Like all of a sudden, and all those teams are one game behind Kansas City. Right. And who knows? Maybe, maybe they get upset or something. So that is uh, the top of the AFC couple of weeks ago, we're like, oh, it's the Bills and the Chiefs and who else? Nobody else. It's just, uh, well, two weeks later, it seems like everybody is in the mix now for for seeding. The gap is closed, no question. Uh, Speaking of an AFC team, the 4-5-1 Colts, who I think are not playoff worthy, but they're trying to hang on. They host the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles just coming off their first loss. Yeah. Are they hell-bent for leather to go back and uh, get another victory? Or as what sometimes happens for these undefeated teams, it's like, well, you lose one and then 
Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we got a nah, I think it's a good a little, little hiccup good landing here. spot because their one loss was a division game too. Right. right? And Washington's really not even that bad. But there is something about those division games, whereas the the Colts, this matchup would have been a lot more interesting last year if Carson Wentz and Frank Reich were there going up against Philly. True. Neither one are the Jeff Saturday thing probably, in my mind, is a short shelf life. And yep. they, so they got the one win over a really bad Raiders well, this team. Is, but this is the home game for just Saturday. First home game for Saturday. Now, going back to Matt Ryan seems like a no-brainer because Sam Ellinger wasn't going to do it. So there's more of a puncher's chance they have now than a couple of weeks ago when you had you know Sam Ellinger out there throwing mm-hmm. it around. But, no, my, my guess is Philly bounces back. But I also look at the Indian being in the Colts being in a position kind of like we talked about at the top of the a- AFC with 7-3, seven 7-2, and 7-3 seven and seven and kind of being right there. If you look at the wild card teams and you're, you're the Colts. Yeah, they're the, right below. The right? wild card teams are like 5-4. and four, And if you're in the you're 4-5. and five. So now if you're able to win – this matchup, and let's say the Jets, uh, Patriots lose now. They're five and five. The Colts are five and five. Now all these things start to play. No, it's true because they have a tough schedule ahead, and this is one of those games where you're like, oh, they're going to lose. But if you upset a couple of teams along the way, right. that's how you do get yourself in there. It doesn't. It seem weird. Like it almost seems like when you look at the wild card teams for the AFC. Yeah. Five and four. Five and four. Five and four. And then if you're one of those teams that are four and five, like, okay, we're still in the mix, but there's so many seven and threes. Does the seven and threes ultimately – any of them drop down, right? No, 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 but do they they end up bumping out the five and fours where now the wild card teams become teams that are like seven and three? Yeah, I'm curious. Well, but it's division winners. So for some of them, their record almost isn't going to matter because they're going to win the division and be slotted one through four. It's really kind of the debutantes, or excuse me, the uh, the like the runner-ups in those divisions. Like, well, but it, it might not be so much about Tennessee per se, but well, Indianapolis would be next best. So it's and, like Indian Cincy. Like, what do they end up as? If right. you want to give Tennessee and Baltimore go. the divisions, those other two teams are still there. Cincinnati's over five hundred because Tennessee Indians might win ten games, and right. they're still going to win but that, division. But that's yeah. my point, right? So does the Cincinnati become where those seven and three teams are yeah. right now? Does the, those teams now become all right? The seven and fours, which become the the fifth, sixth, and seventh wild card seed. So those are the teams you got to potentially look. For whether it's a Cincinnati, yeah. whether it's you in New England, right? You want to stay in the position of as long as we could stay one, two, maybe three games above 500 because now some of those teams like a Colts, they're right there and they're saying, okay, can we maybe sneak into this? Do you this- think Indy and Cincy and the Chargers, do you think those teams are rooting for the Patriots today or the Jets? Because I think, the Patriots for the, I think they're rooting for the Jets. So then they would both teams – oh, no, so then you bump the Patriots down. Yes. Then you kind of push the Jets up a little bit. Right. But there's always that chance that it's the Jets and they fall apart. Right. <laughs> like, but don't you want to bump as – wouldn't you rather bump as many teams down closer to you? Yeah, but if, if the Patriots uh, win today, then both teams would have – Four losses. The Jets and the Pats have four losses. So then maybe you feel like you have you a bring another team down to your you have level. A better chance now. Yeah. You're, now you're maybe a game back instead. You know the uh, the conference record is going to start to play big here, and that's the one thing that the AFC East kind of has going for them right now is that Miami five and two in the conference. The Jets are five and three. 
Buffalo and New England are both four and two. And you look in the other divisions, like Indianapolis already four, four and one in the conference. Oh. So they got some NFC games coming up. Right, right, right. And then it's really Kansas City and the Chargers in terms of having competitive conference records. Cincinnati at five and four. Already two and three in the conference. Now yeah. they might be able to make well, some they, of that they back can up a little because bit because they have they have big head to head matchups coming up, and that's the other thing about this is is teams that you think are going to be fighting for it, like Patriots, Bengals. Uh, I think it's Bengals Jets later on in the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Bengals do not get the Jets, is it the but the the Bengals. Who is it? Well, yeah, the I got the Bengals schedule right here. Okay, they're Pittsburgh, then at Tennessee, home for Kansas City. Cleveland with Watson. You and okay. I looked this Cleveland up the other Watson. day. And then it's at Tampa, at New England, the Bills, and then the Ravens. This right, is so, the hard part of the, the So the that's Bengals. like six playoff teams potentially on yes. there that they face, and then maybe they could grab a head-to-head so what with do you, them. So what do you think is the minimum amount of wins? Nine. So nine. You've got to have nine, but you got to have at least six AFC wins. Yeah, I think nine. That's the caveat. I think nine They'll be a nine-win team in, but they'll also be a nine-win team out. Correct. And that's where the tiebreakers come into play. Uh, Some of the other – let's get to some of the NFC games at 1 o'clock. Bears, Falcons, anybody with a thought there? Just Justin Fields and the Bears offense. Can they keep that up? I know they haven't won a lot of games, but Justin Fields at least looks like like he has solidified himself as a starting quarterback in the league. Yeah, see what him and uh, Chase Claypool become. Yep, that's it. Uh, The Commanders are at the 1-7-1 Texans. So this is a good example of a team that you just beat the undefeated team. Now, you can't just give that all up by losing, by losing to the worst, to team, the in the worst team in the league. So, league. And if agree. they get that win, all of a sudden they're over 500. They're 6-5. and five. And then, like the AFC East, you'd have two divisions with teams with all winning records. And then they would be very much in the mix for a, a wild card spot in the NFC. Yeah, looking at them right now, they're 5-5 five and five overall, 3-4 and four in the conference. So they did get dinged a little bit. Uh, you know, the other problem is that Philly's already 5-1 and one in terms of the conference. Dallas is 5-3. and three. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're one of the listen, division. But, they but if you're Washington, spot. you play your way into yeah, the right. discussion, yeah. no question. Uh, Rams at three and six at Saints three and seven. What a horrible I, game! Yeah, I picked is... up the Rams defense today because I had the Raiders, yeah. and I know the Raiders are playing the Broncos, but I don't trust the Raiders. That's the other that that tells you the uh, the territory that the Patriots Jets offenses are in, where Rams Saints has a one point higher over under. Man. And uh, Matt Stafford, I guess, is going to be back, but no Cooper Cup. So it's like, right. how do they even move the ball? Because he was the right. only guy playing well for them on offense all year. Yeah. They, they, both, and like you said, both of those, that, that matchup is just, you know. it's but like, that Rams team, like, to win the Super Bowl, then to follow it up with this season? Yeah. Holy smokes. And, and it's like, they're not falling. Like, this season wasn't like, they didn't fall off the map because they couldn't re-sign guys. Because, you know, people are like, oh. Oh, so, right. No, they, so brought, up, they brought everybody back. They brought, and they added uh, Allen Robinson to it. It yeah. just... It almost it's just it's all O line based. And the play all, of half of their O line oh, left, stink. and they and, that, and they had no picks. They had nothing to replenish. And the play of Matthew Stafford, and I don't know if it's the elbow injury or something. something. Just, He's ugh. not right. Uh, the Lions are three and six, and while their stadium's being used for Browns Bills, the Lions are on the road to take on. The seven and two Giants. Yeah, Dave all right there, coach of the year. Uh, he, Sirianni, maybe a couple other guys, but how, they're probably going to be eight and two after today. And the, it's like, how the hell did they do that? Yeah, I think I think he it took should, Joe Judge two years to win that many games. Yeah, I, and I think I think Dave all should win coach of the year just based off what he inherited. Yeah, 
And if he can get this team to 10, 11 it's wins. It's pretty wild. That is, a, that is a definitely an amazing feat. How about this? Their wins this year have come by this many points. One, three, eight, five, four, six, and eight. Yeah. I see to me that's the sign of a good coach. Yep. You know, we say that even in, you know, basketball, other sports where if you if you have a, a winning record in all those close games or one possession games, right. the coach is pulling the right strings. And imagine imagine what the, those that winning rec- record would look like points-wise if you had a real quarterback. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that uh he's when you could doing do it like that. Daniel Jones, right. I yeah. mean, good amazing. grief. It really is. Uh to the four o'clock games. Raiders are at the Broncos. Uh, by the way, Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. he needs to be more comfortable. So he's giving up play-calling duties like it was when he was in Green Bay. So they hired a guy to run the game, help him run the game. He's now oh, yeah. given up offensive play-calling. Yeah. Right, so now he's just going to stand on the sidelines and do what? Are these the two worst first-year coaches, Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, yeah, with the teams that they bad. inherited. Got to yeah. be, yeah. Well, it, right, because not only, I mean, the Raiders should not be two and They seven. actually made their teams worse. And then you have yes. guys like uh, McDaniel yep. and Kevin O'Connell and Brian Dayball right. that they've gone in there. Even... Doug Peterson took over a horrible Jaguars team. They yeah, look functional. Right. They look like a They're pro- competitive now. Yeah, and maybe they'll be better next year. But these two guys both came into spots where you're like, oh, wow, look at all the talent you have. Right. You're, you're going to make the playoffs as a rookie coach. Like, no, they're both fighting for the number one overall pick. They've been terrible. And this would just be if, – if McDaniels loses this one, like – the string that he is on right now, yeah. he got shut out by the Saints, lost to the Jaguars, and then lost to Jeff Saturday in the Colts. That's it. And then if you lose to Nathaniel Hackett in that Russell Wilson offense, like, good Lord. Even a win is like, okay, great. But a loss, you're like, <laughs> it's like embarrassing. It, it's like, where are you going? If, like, if you're McDaniels and you look at this team that you have, like, you have talent. They're a disaster. And, and it's that, and like, I've yeah. never seen a team that has had that much talent and right. be that big of a disaster. It's it's pretty crazy. They should at least be scoring on offense. They Defensively, be, they're not good. No, no, but no. They're not for good. them to be scoring the way they are. They, like how the Bears' offense is lapping them. I mean, they got shut two. out in New Orleans. Yep. How does that New happen? Orleans is three right. wins. That was one of their three wins. Not, that's not a great good team. Lord. With the talent that they have on both sides of the football, they should be a 500 team. There you go. Even if yeah, you yeah, have a bad right. defense. Yeah, they, uh, like, be five and four. Yep. That, that's they where you Or even that. four and five. You go, yeah, you yeah. know what? You're okay. in it. Right. No, they suck. Uh, big one in the NFC. The six and three Cowboys are at the eight and one Minnesota Vikings. That's a 425 kick. I do believe CBS has the doubleheader, and that is the back end Oof. of the doubleheader after the Patriots game, I think. It's the two best games on the schedule. Like If, if Patriots-Jets isn't the best game in Week 11, it's Cowboys and Vikings. Yep. And what yeah. is this, the third week back now for, for Dak Prescott? The Vikings just had that insane win over the Bills. They, the Vikings are for real? They, yeah, and this could be a playoff matchup. This could be a divisional round game. No for question. Sure. No yeah. question I think about this it. Game, I think this game is more about what are the Cowboys? Because, you know, we just seen the Cowboys lose to Green Bay, right? Yes. Going to yeah, Green Bay. Yeah, how do Bay, they bounce back? Right. And, and, and you now play Minnesota, who just beat Buffalo, who we all feel is a it's very— It's another team that wins close games. Right. Minnesota. Right. Minnesota, yeah. So I think this game shows us, okay, I think we failed Minnesota's for real, but it's more about the Cowboys in this football game. 
What are the Dallas Cowboys? Because yeah. do you do you feel like they're for real? Because I don't. Uh, no, I don't uh, think they can win no, it. But they're I do like think a half step away. Like I, if it comes together, they have the talent to do so. They, but they do benefit from the well, the whole league, but specifically the NFC being really wide open. Because I wouldn't put my money down on the Giants. No, no, but I, I probably wouldn't do it on the Eagles either. So like the Vikings, like. But I feel like this is a game that if they can go out and beat. Oh yeah, they would win, change your mind. You, they would change my mind. But as of right now. I don't feel that way, yep. but this is a perfect game for them to change a lot of people's minds yep. um, for, uh, for, for, for looking at them. We already touched on the Bengals there at the 3-6 and six Steelers, and then Sunday night football tonight, uh, the Chiefs are at the Chargers. And so this is one where, as a Patriots fan, you got to root for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are already gobbling up one of those playoff spots. They're probably right. going to be the number one seed. Yep. If a team or two is going to surpass the Patriots in the standings, it would be Chargers are one of them, right? And they, right. the Patriots still have a head-to-head with the Bengals later on. They can sort of control that. They don't with the Chargers. So right. that's one of those teams that we're talking about at the end of the year. Do they have nine wins in the tiebreaker? Do they have ten wins or not? So uh, it's a divisional game. They played them tough earlier in the year, but you're definitely rooting for the Chiefs yeah, tonight. Yeah, you want all these teams with four losses that are hovering right around you to stop losing. Yep. Uh, and then on Monday Night Football, the 49ers are at the 4-6 and six Cardinals. So James Garoppolo against Calamari. Uh, we will make picks and then get out of here next on WEI Football Sunday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit of updated sort of breaking news information for you from inside Gillette Stadium. I know uh, Tom Curran has uh, text Rich Keefe and... Uh, Kyrie Thompson has put this out on Twitter as well, but uh, it is Isaiah Wynn at left tackle, but keep it right tackle. Yeah, no, it's not Big Trent. Apparently, oh. uh, Trent Brown is just standing around during the warmups. So maybe that, win. Yeah. maybe that 15-minute media portion of practice was actually a little bit more telling than uh, than maybe we all anticipated. Wow. So why would they sit down, Trent Brown, either, unless there's something going on? Either or, he sits or he's part of a rotation. Or he's the or, world's largest <laughs> tight end. Put him in there. Extra <laughs> yeah, tackle. Yeah, here yeah, extra extra tackle. Yeah, fullback. Well, it, Put him I, in fullback. I think yeah. that's Marcus Cannon's role as the uh, tight end. Oh, my God. That, so that well, is, he's on IR. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. That's so, right. No, it's Kajus. It's or, either uh, well, Kajus is in a right tackle. Well, and see, that's the thing about the substitution as well is that if you bring in a guy, so if you put in Trent Brown a right tackle to move Kajus to tight end, Kajus then has to leave the field for a play because they moved him to the tight end. You're either so that guy either comes yeah. in and comes out, or hmm. so that's why it would be to me the offensive lineman that comes off the sideline to be the extra guy is the one that would line up at the tight end. I'm sure Patricia's got it under control. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so let's get to our picks. All right, and uh, last week we uh, we picked the Browns and the uh, or no, we had the Buffalo Vikings game. We went Miami and the Browns, San Francisco and the uh, Chargers. Uh, Keith went two and one. Wiggy went one and two. I went three and zero. Oh. So Ooh. the so the records on the year. I am at twenty eleven and two. Keith is at fifteen fourteen and one. Wiggy is at twelve or excuse me eighteen thirteen and two. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the games here. Right. And uh, Keith, you can lead the way on this one. Buffalo is minus eight against Cleveland in Detroit. I'll go with Buffalo. I know it's a, it's a neutral site game, so you don't have the home field, although it seems like it's going to be a Bills crowd there. They Big sold 56,000 tickets or whatever, and I'm, it sounds like most of them are going to be Bills fans. Uh, I think 
the Browns would have been better off playing it in the snow and just trying to win a running game with Nick yep. Chubb, but now playing it inside the dome, I think the uh, Bills win by double figures, so I'll take the eight. Uh, Wiggs, where are you feeling on this game? I, I, I like the same thing. I feel like the Bills, I know, eights a lot of points, but now that it's indoors, yeah. I, mean, it's just, I feel like the Bills all day long. Yeah, yeah uh, the, uh, the venue change really makes a big difference mm-hmm. in this one. I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Wiggs, Kansas City minus five at the Chargers Sunday night football. Oh, man, I'm all over the Chiefs, man. I, I love Kansas City. I, hmm. I just think that – I and the Chargers, man, I just feel like the Chargers, you know, they got a, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, you know, on the offense. Oh, they are, yeah. Yeah, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I don't know if Keenan Allen, is he ever going to play? Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> Allen and Williams are supposed to play today according to various reports, we'll but we got a long yeah, way yeah, to go. That's the 820 Eastern game. They might hurt themselves at lunch. And, and I, just, <laughs> I, I just think that KC with Mahomes. Mahomes is, wallets. Mahomes <laughs> well, is just playing out of his mind, yeah. so – I'm with KC. You know what? I'm. It's too big a number. I'm going Chargers to find a way to backdoor this thing to get to within five. They, uh, they play them tough. They do. They do. And, again, those wide receivers are coming back. And for Justin Herbert, he's like, thank God. I got someone more than the tight end, yep. Everett. And I got more than just trying to throw it to Eckler. So, I don't think – in no way, shape, or form do I think the Chargers win this game. But at plus five, I'll take them. I'm going to take them, too. I, I like home dogs a lot, especially when you have them in division like this. And over the last few years, they've had some pretty epic games against the Chiefs. And even if you think Brandon Staley is going to do something that might cost them, might cost them the win, but probably won't cost them the cover here. There so you go. I think they could keep it inside of that five. Close game either way, so I'll take the Chargers. Uh, and then New England minus three and a half. I just checked it again. It's three in the hook against the Jets. Uh, I'm still going to go New England. I can see four to five point win going either way. I think the Patriots have at least a little something new for one drive. I'm going to say that one drive. drive. Okay. They got one drive in them to where they might look like an offense. Is this game played, is the whole game played in the overtime format where (laughs) the first (laughs) team to score wins? Yes, that is it. No, no, the first team to score wins because you're saying one drive. That's it. (laughs) Sunday. Uh, I'm going with the Jets. I think these two teams are way too close to have a series sweep. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, I'm, I'm, here. I'm sorry. I'm he's sorry. getting booed. I, I'm just listening. These are the picks. We, we keep track of these, so wow. I need, I need uh, to take the win. And they're right. getting three and a half, so the Patriots can the still hook. find a way to win this game. But, but, the, but, the, Patriots, but they don't cover it, so I like the three and a half. And you think back to last game, that pass interference penalty, or I'm sorry, roughing the passer penalty really was the difference. If they clean that up, the Jets probably win. Wiggs quickly. I'm going Pats because the Pats are the big brothers until the Jets can prove that they can beat <laughs> the Patriots, which they haven't been able to do, do that true. yet right now. So they are the little brothers who get their asses whooped. All right, thanks to our friends at Helix Esports for hosting us. And uh, we'll be back here, I do believe, uh, early January. Good job by Zeke. Good job by John. We will see you tomorrow on WEEI. Enjoy the games, everybody. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.